podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Are you happy that the Aussie got the call? Because the Tottenham here's gonna win it all. Does he play attacking football? Does he know the Tottenham way? We've got Ange, not Nuno, Jose, our Conte. Welcome to the last word on Spurs. A pre-warning, guys. This should really be called croaky word on Spurs. If you're listening to the show for the first time, where have you been? We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're across all major audio platforms. We're of course on X, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook too. And you heard there the dulcet tones of the wonderful Timmy Winstone over at Spurs Song Sheets as we build up, of course, to a big, big game against Brighton to come in the Premier League. I want to say at the very, very top of the show, hope you all had a lovely, peaceful Healthy Christmas. Some of us, more than others, are suffering at the moment with a bit of a dreaded lurgy. And I must give a heads up that Christina Zander's blesser also struggling at the moment. Jason McGovern is back. And I just want to say, obviously, Jason's first show since we heard the tragic news about his dad. And I'm sure Jason will address that right at the start of this show. Timmy Winston, of course, back as well. He was in the stadium at the weekend. And look, we are here to preview, look ahead to Brighton to come, where on the eve of the game, we heard the really, really bad news that Christian Romero will now miss the next four to five weeks with a hamstring injury. It comes really at a bit of a crisis time for Tottenham, of course, already without Mickey van der Ven, already, of course, without James Madison and a whole host of players. Jace, I'm going to open up with you. I know you've got your separate segment you want to address with the fans. But look, that win against Everton means it is three successive wins for Ange Postacoglu's Tottenham as Spurs heading into Christmas Day in fourth in the Premier League. Courtesy, of course, of goals from Richie and Sonny, but Guillermo Vicario really stole the show with a couple of unbelievable saves that meant Spurs, of course, did pull through all three points. Spurs are now only four points off current leaders Arsenal after 18 games in the Premier League. And I think that does really rectify what was a bit of a blip for Tottenham in November and early December, of course, with those three back-to-back wins now in the Premier League. It is worth me adding, Tottenham are the league's joint third top scorers and are now six points clear of sixth place West Ham, of course, going into the latest round of fixtures, of course, later this evening. And of course, for Tottenham, it meant that result against Everton just gave Spurs some breathing space away from the tight top five pack that we see, of course, at the top. And worth me adding, of course, for Tottenham, they've won 11 of their last 18 Premier League matches under the Australian. Just one less than it is Arsenal, having only lost four games in the competition, despite, as we know, documented injury list and suspensions that do not seem at the moment to stop. Jace, I'm going to hand the floor over to you. Well, just first of all, thanks to all the, the nice messages and that that I've had, which has been much appreciated. Thank you. A big win against Everton, an important win. We uh, we certainly had to fight hard for it and make, make heavy work of it. But I think, um, you know, I, I was one of those that, that did think we'd have a great chance of of having a decent season, even minus Harry, just because I just thought Europe would catch up with one or two of those teams. And you look at Newcastle and they've had injury problems and and uh, I think Man United have had some big injuries as well and Europe and that has, has been costly to a to a few of those teams. And we've been able to take advantage apart from that little little spell that we had. But you know I think most people have bought into Angeball a lot quicker. We can see we can see what what the potential is under it. I don't think we've seen it really yet for for 90 minutes, if I'm honest, um, during the season, uh, which is a good sign, really, because if we're we're fourth with all the injuries that we've had and we still haven't really played 
for me, a, a really good, solid 90 minutes. At Newcastle, we were we were pretty good. But in, in all in all, I think you know, Everton kind of sums up what it is. We play well for 20, 25 minutes and we then lose control of a game. And that's probably the one thing that I think we desperately need to to try and find a way without, without changing the style is somehow we've got to keep control of games a lot better because, you know, even on that Everton game, there was a there was a little bit with about two or three minutes to go where we got caught on the break at home. You're thinking, we're two on up at home. How the hell are we being caught out on the break? And I think that was when they, I think they hit the crossbar and it almost went in for 2-2. For two, two. So, you know, you've got to keep control of games better. But by then you've got, Skip and Hoiberg on, and we know that's not the the primary midfield. And Eric Dyer's on by then, and things. So, you know, maybe that's a little bit harsh until we get that that proper team, and then the backup players to also be ones that he really wants. Not not obviously Eric Dyer and Pierre Emil Hoiberg, who've done okay, but clearly they're not the ones that he wants. We should be pretty proud of ourselves where we are right now, especially due to the circumstances that we're in right now. It's just, it's just to me, it's such a shame because I feel like we could be probably, well, no, we would be in a lot better position if it wasn't for this injury crisis that we're going through at the moment. But it is what it is. It's just like we can't catch a break at the moment, especially now with the Ramiro news that's come in. Um, you know, he's out for, what is it, three to four weeks? It's it's going to re-hit really us, that is. We got the result and we got those three points, which I thought is always the important thing at the end of the day. But, you know, exactly like what Jason said, you know, this is Andrew Postacoglu. He's taken over at Tottenham. He's doing a remarkable job so far. It's it's just showing so much improvement with our play, with everything that has been going on. Even with, as soon as you set foot in that stadium, you can see and feel the change that has happened. And it's it's just... It's just amazing to be witnessing this at the moment. Um, and I'm fully, fully enjoying it. And I'm fully behind Andrew of it all. But I said it on this on this podcast, uh, I think in the last one, where I said that this is just a warm-up for us. So I feel a lot more is to come. And, you know, there's going to be a lot more exciting things to come for Tottenham. The atmosphere this season, uh, I've been up and played twice. And um, one was the Villa game. What was quite weird, actually, was the Villa game we lost and I played afterwards. And actually people stuck around. It wasn't... Although it was a game we should have won, and everyone knows we should have won it and had it won by the um, by half time, really. Um, you just like Chris is bang on the atmosphere is just it's a complete difference to, to last year. Uh, I think I, w- I watched three games and played at three games, and all all six games last year somehow we won all of them, uh, but none of them were convincing. They were all edgy seat stuff, you know, like, you know, back foot defending. It's just a complete change. I sort of sat in the south, watched the first half hour where we just came out like a train and. Um, it's just brilliant. So we played some lovely stuff. I thought we played some great stuff, in particularly that first thirty minutes. When they scored, I could just see what was going to happen. But you got to, you got to give it to the lads here. Yeah, they dug in, and um, yeah, we're getting ourselves into these positions. If you think under Conte, when we kept going behind in games, yeah, we're just constantly going ahead. So even if we end up getting pegged back, we're not coming from at the moment anyway from losing positions. I think that's making a massive difference. The way we're starting games is really quick, catching teams off, scoring early. We knew Everton could play low blocks, so to score early was crucial. Uh, and that's really helping us, I think, at the moment. We've just got to try and get through. Again, the news today is just another blow, isn't it? Um, get through these games. You look at the fixtures. I know we're going to come on to it later, but yep. they're not ridiculously scary in my eyes. So, um, yeah, yeah, just going to hope, obviously, other teams um, sort of start screwing up as well. But, um, yeah, great to be back in there. And, um, yeah, just sort of feel like Jazz was so frustrated from where we were or who we got out, what, what could have been, but you've got to look at it, like Chris says, maybe that this is a warm-up season and it's a bit of a free hit, isn't it, this year? Absolutely, yeah. I think it's it's where it's where your expectations are at the moment, really, to be honest with you. I mean, some would be absolutely either we're sitting there in the top four, we're, what, four or five points off the very top, as we record at the moment, and there'll be some that are really, really frustrated, thinking, had we kept the seven, eight key players fit, where could Tottenham be? Jason's come around to you to discuss the latest of Spurs' injuries that have occurred in this last 24, 48 hours. And that Spurs have been given a fresh blow now with Ange Postacoglu confirming that Christian Romero will be silent for up to five weeks with a hamstring strain, which forced him off at the halftime in Saturday's 2-1 against Everton. Of course, Spurs are already without Romero's centre-back uh, partner in Mickey van der Ven, who has been injured since, since the 6th of November. Now, Postacoglu is hopeful the Dutchman will be back to face Manchester United, which currently falls on January the 14th 
So, of course, mid-January as things stand. Of course, Romero, it's yet another major blow for a depleted Spurs with Postacoglu now facing the choice of the out-of-favour Eric Dyer, fullback Emerson Royale, or youngster Ashley Phillips to partner Ben Davies for the next three games. Jace, thoughts on yet another injury for Tottenham this season. They just keep on coming. They do. And the strange thing was Sky put that that graphic up the other day about number of days injured. And there's about nine or 10 who've had more days injured than Tottenham have. So that that baffled me. I must admit, I thought we'd have been right up the top, but obviously not. Mickey van der Ven hopefully is back for, for some of those games. That Man United game is obviously the really eye-catching one for us. I like the way, Rick, you've already put us in the FA Cup fourth round. So... Nice to see we've already beaten Burnley. I have put um, I have put TB I put TBD there to be decided. <laughs> hoping, fingers crossed, we don't do any mess ups. But um, you know, perhaps from I mean, from a league point of view, I know the cup games are massive for you, Rick. But from a Premier League point of view, it's probably quite handy. There are two two FA Cup weekends in there, um, so it does give you a chance to get people back. And like I say, I think you you kind of have to offset that against when when Van der Ven comes back. So, I mean, if, if Van der Ven is back for some of that, that, that definitely helps us a little bit. Although, presumably, he'll have to shift right or, or you know, and Ben Davis will still stay on the left. But, um, you know, it's, it's also the fact that it's not just Romero, is it? We'll miss Saar, we'll miss Basuma, we'll miss Sonny for those for most of those games as well. And, you know, it's a... It's a you got to think, I mean, Richie, um, Richie's goals have been most welcome because that, you know, affects Sonny, but um, it, you can't do anything about them. They're, they're frustrating. They're hurting us for sure. Um, you saw last night Villa missing two players and they were, even when they were tuning up against Man United, they were all over the place. So, you know, we've seen other teams with one or two injuries suffer a lot and we we just constantly played with them. So I just get the feeling that's what it's going to be all season, mate. Uh, the great thing is Postacoglu just doesn't moan about it, does he? He just gets on with it, doesn't doesn't let it says it's not an excuse. It's, you know, times in adversity where you have to find out how good you are and and that's what he's doing. And uh but it is frustrating to know how many points we could be on if we'd have we'd have had everyone fit. Every Premier League game, of course, is important, but to me what frustrates me is the start of this FA Cup as well, where to me, FA Cup should be a priority for Tottenham this season, you know, with no European games. I, I don't want to be too negative on the injuries because I actually, I saw a lot of, you know, negativity comments about, you know, Dyer and Davis. But you know what? I actually think Ben Davis has been playing actually really good so far. And if he keeps that up, I'm happy with that for sure. So, and you know, again, well, with the City game, we had Davis and Emerson Royale. We got a point, but you know, that's Man City away. I was more than happy with that result so I do think we are capable of doing something you know even with some of those players gone with Mickey van der Ven as well I'm hoping that he'll be back very very soon Madison I don't know if if that's going to be what end of January uh, start of February so I'm trying to see positive out of this and I I, I don't know if it's just because I have a lot of faith with Ange as well so I don't want to be too negative on it but it is going to be a big miss for Marrero because I think he's been sensational this season as well. Um, there's been a lot of drama with him, but all around, I think he's been absolutely brilliant how he's played. My number one issue that I have with it is actually Sonny, us missing our captain. Um, yeah. I think that's going to be very, very tough with us. Um, I'll be interested to see what you guys think of who will be captain whilst he's out. Obviously, Sonny's just such an important role to our team at the moment. I feel he's just completely changed the team, you know, being captain. He, he just makes, you know, with the other players, he you can see that he wants to get the best out of everyone. And I think that's yeah. such an important role, being a captain. So, yeah, that that's a real big concern for me, is having our captain not there on the team. I was say, also on the injuries, Ange alluded to it to the other day, and it, it is something we, we don't even consider. When, when we look at that list of injuries, we just automatically think of, of how it affects us on a match day. But he said, you can't even train properly. You know, if you want to have, like most teams will have a, a proper 11-a-side game between the between the squad, you try and pick two 11s from our, from our side at the moment to have a 30-minute game at proper intensity in training or to, to work on partnerships or to do patterns of play when, you know, you've got no... Le- I mean, when you look at that, Solomon, Sessignon, Perisic, 
that's that's the entire left side, if you like. So, you know, to try and get two 11s and to have intensive training sessions between first team, we, we don't realise that, and the, just the disruption that it causes to us. And that's without, as you say, players going on AFCON, players on uh, on uh, international duty. So, but I think to answer, I think probably Ben Davis will end up being captain just as the longest, longest serving player. Uh, there's no Benton Kerr, is there? So, I mean, he's, he's one you might have looked at. Otherwise, it's probably only Kulazewski that 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 talks, or, or you know maybe Hoiberg or something. But I can't really see him picking Hoiberg when he he didn't even start Hoiberg against Everton. No. So although obviously with Saar missing, he'll probably have to start Hoiberg. It'll be sure. Hoiberg skip in centre midfield and things. So you know, it, and maybe it'll go skippy. I, I just don't know. But I think Ben Davis is the one who obviously has yeah. captain Wales lately. He's yeah. the senior player. He does like Ben Davis for sure. And I think, you know, whatever we talk about Ben Davis in terms of uh, his, his abilities and, and things like that, nobody can ever question how, how professional he is and his, his um, you know, his attitude and desire to play for the club. And when you think, I mean, he, I mean, if he read social media, he's constantly criticised just on every front. If he has a good game, it's people give him a bit of grudging respect or something like that. Um but, you know, his, his attitude and that and his, his exemplary. So I think it probably will be him. I think, you know, he's definitely earned this captaincy, I think, for the next few games. I mean, when you consider players have had to step up and really, really take the game by the scruff of the mitt, take the game by the mantle, he, for me, has been one of the most important players to have done that. And what I love about Ben's attitude is that he's not played many, many games at the start, and which could always frustrate a player, a new manager coming in. And yet there's been no sulking, there's been no money, which there's never been really with Ben. He literally just plays... And plays, doesn't moan, gets some of it. If he gets dropped for the next game, not a problem. He'll fit in there as a squad member, still push the players in training. I mean, if you want a model professional, I know Lee got a little bit of stick for calling him the James Milner without maybe the trophies. But um, I think that's fair, you know, because I think he is the ultra professional. And I think he does set the standard, Jace, for the rest of the squad. Yeah, without a doubt. He might have been around for all three cup finals. He's never started any of them. And yet he yeah. still doesn't moan. Yeah. You know, and he's still here. That's that's the great thing. There's there's never a drama. You never hear him kicking up a fuss. So, you know, perhaps he knows that anywhere after Tottenham's going to be downhill rather than anywhere else. So he's, <laughs> he's he'll stick around. But that's that shouldn't be held against him. No, he's he's a brilliant professional for us, and he's having Absolutely. a really good season. In fairness, he, he is. I mean, Tim, do you have a preference in terms of the captaincy at the moment? We know you love Sonny. If it wasn't Ben Davis, I'd be. Give, I would. I would before I said I would have given it to Kulusevski because I just yeah lead by example. He's just been immense, hasn't he, this season? And um taking games by the scruff of the neck. Yeah, absolute workhorse, model professional. He, and he does talk on the pitch. So I'll be giving it to Kuliseski if he wasn't Ben Davis. Again, you just got to look at it like these players have had to come in and imagine Ben had not performed where, he, where, he's, where he's at. I mean, he's just, he, like you said, he's just not played many games at the start of the season, just slotted in and just been immense. In particular, a few of the games, you know, Forest Way was just unbelievable. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd definitely be giving it to Ben. If, if not, then, then Kuliseski, if he wants to go down a different road. Like you said, the, the problem is, because Sonny's been there for so long, and he, yeah, he's he's just just you know, he's just the nicest guy in football, isn't he? It is he, that is a big miss. I do agree with Chris. It's more, it's more than just the miss of the player. What I would say again, being being a slightly pessimistic Spurs fan, when we're um, coming to these games, you think, oh my god, Rindy ravaged. Even City away, we still had a go, haven't we? We've had a go in every game. You got a, that is a bit of a change from when we've been in this position, or maybe we haven't been in this position before with as many injuries or suspensions. But it's kind of played out like I expected it to, whereas so far this season it hasn't, because like like Jason says, Ange hasn't moaned about it; he's just gotten with it, which yep. does and that actually reflects onto the team, doesn't it? So, so if it was a Conte, God, you can imagine what he'll be saying at, at this if, uh, if he's in a press conference, and then the, the, oh, the team listens to that. It's, it's just it's that half full, half empty thing, isn't it? So. He's sort of saying, yeah, we can't use an excuse. And then that rubs onto the players. And whoever he puts out there has a go. Even players that are maybe more limited at, limited at playing. But, um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, particularly, you know, when we go into January. you just got to look at the fixtures. I mean, they're, they're bad. We've got three, what, three home games in there, uh, including the um, FA Cup game. So, especially with the Romero news, I mean, it could be worse. I know just, just in terms of who we're playing, home fixtures... Uh, you know, if it was, if it was, you know, like City away or City at home and stuff, it'd make a big difference. But um, I, I just, think, I just think we should, we should have, we should have enough to get by. I mean, with Everton on Saturday, was um, they were completely the opposite to what I would have said they would be for those first mm. twenty minutes. They were so open, so yep. easy to get through, and you think yep. 
the one thing Dykes will do is have them organised and they'll be hard to break down and things. And yet we were tuning up. We could have been more than that because there was the Brennan Johnson chance that you've got to score. Yep. yep. So, I mean, you have to score that. I think maybe the defender just got a tight little nick on it just as Johnson got there um, when I saw it back. But, you know, we were just opening them up with ease. And yet at the other end, they were actually going forward and playing some really nice... Well, they weren't hoofing it or anything like that. They were playing nicely through midfield. And I thought, this is the... This is the complete opposite of what I thought a Sean Dyche team would be. It just just really surprised me with Everton Saturday. And they play some really good football at times. So what we are going to do, we are going to go for our first break of the show for our listeners and audio. Taking that break, you're going to hear from the wonderful Tim Winstone kicking us off with a bit of Destiny, a Doggy and Co. When the night falls, my destiny calls. Oh, I want to dance with you, doggy. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey hello welcome back to the most croakiest last one on spurs we've had in a while got to everyone currently surviving out there trying to fight the form of illness at the moment there's a man on here who absolutely detests what i'm about to speak about next so i've got to keep it very very short and sweet and it means i've got to start off with him so by the time this discussion is over it's like it never ever happens Jace, you know what's coming in the next couple of days, the transfer window. Do you have confidence in the squad that we've got, or do you honestly feel for you that we need to bring in a couple just to help and just to help the team and ultimately keep Spurs where they are, fighting in amongst, obviously, of course, that top four or five in the league? Well, the good news is that Galatasaray will be sending Tongi back, so there's one extra. So that, that'll be handy when we want to roll the pitch and get it nice and flat, won't it? The centre circle will be flat. Anyway, the rest of the pitch won't be very good. It's not actually the transfer window I hate. It's the constant... It's the 75 posts a day with just about any Tom, Dick or Harry that's linked to us that you think, absolute bollock stories. You know, all these ITKs and look at the Porro saga last year and it dragged on and on and on oh, all month I... until right up to, what was it, 10 o'clock on the, the last day. We definitely yeah. need some bodies in. I think even even if we had no um, no injuries, no, no players away on AFCON and that, we know he wanted another centre half in the in the summer, so you know he clearly doesn't want Eric Dyer, and he's he's not ready to play Dorrington or Phillips. They've been in the squads, but he's not got anywhere near to starting one. In fact, neither of them have even been on the pitch, have they? So um, you know, against Newcastle, for instance, uh, four one up with five minutes to go, you could have, if you were in seriously intent on them, you could have given one five minutes or something, but he hasn't done that. So there's definitely one there. We know that probably Hoiberg and isn't his isn't his choice. So you can see that. So there's definitely business to be done. And I think it's always the case. We want it done as quickly as possible, but every club knows that we're in a position where we need players and good players aren't that easily to get in, in January. You know, teams don't want to sell their best players, certainly not in January when they're, when they're trying to stay in leagues or they're trying to, they're in Europe or they're trying to win trophies themselves. They're not going to go and sell their best players that you don't get too many big money deals. Do you in, other than Van Dyke, I can't think of a really big money deal that's happened in January. So um, 
I think it will be filling out the squad and and just trying to work on those injured players to come back. But we definitely need we definitely need something. It'd be interesting to see. You know, you, you probably need a backup now to Richie, don't you? With well, Sonny away. Yeah. You know, Solomon's. I don't know where anywhere near Solomon is to fitness and things like that. So it's it is a big problem, and, and more bodies in is welcome. But you you can't just buy for the sake of buying. That's that's the mistakes that we've made in the past. That we've signed players for. 30 million and they've come in as a stopgap and then six months later we decide they're dead wood and they're not good enough anyway but you've wasted 30 million then and you've got no chance of getting your money back yeah look whilst I give you on that Jay, I think the key for this window difference to other windows is that Spurs and I know I say this all the time have to act early I think when you look at the fact that from the perspective of that you look at our previous January windows Porro on the last day of the January window Kuliseski Bentoncourt the problem Spurs have got is that all of them, I would say for me, they're really integral key fixtures come at the start of January. So if you are bringing players in towards the end, then you've got to give them time to settle. I think we saw with Porro that ultimately came in. I think it's very much the jury was out on him. And I think this season he's been absolutely phenomenal because he's been coached, you know, as we've seen with that engine. I think that's the key for Tottenham. Can they bring players in that can really hit the ground running? We know there's a genuine interest in Jean Claire Toribo. It's one Spurs have held talks with with the League One club about the 23 year old. There's been another name that has reared its head in this last 24 hours. And it has been reported from Fabrizio Romano. Both Spurs and Seville are set to present proposals to uh, the Belgian midfielder Stanis Adumbo Mazumbo from Ajax. So, uh, again, there'll be, I'm sure, as Jason said there, continuous speculation through the month of January. I know many, like Jason, can't stand See, like, it. Just, just on Toddybo, I just look at that with a different hat on. And I think... This is a player that's linked to Man United and Ineos have just bought into Man United and Ineos is the seller. Yep. Try to work seems, that one out. Seems Try to work that one out. Seriously. Why would he come to Tottenham? But again, I mean, who knows? The Jan- the Wits- so, in, so Ineos, but Ineos will not give Tottenham a decent price when Man United want him. And if they know Tottenham want him, they say, well, I'll tell you what, up goes the price. Yeah. Because you're not going to get him. And Man United then can have him in the summer. So, you know, you, you've got to think. It's one thing to be linked with these players. And, you know, yeah. I, I said the same about the Conor Gallagher one. You know, if I, if I look on a neutral head, right, I don't have a problem with Conor Gallagher. But you sell Tottenham to Conor Gallagher when he's captain in Chelsea, who's his boyhood club. They're in the semi-finals of a cup. He's probably going to go to Wembley with a chance, not just to play in a cup final, but to lift the trophy. And he could leave in the summer when his chances are there, but he's playing week in, week out at Chelsea. Tell me what makes sense to Conor Gallagher right now to go to Tottenham in January. It's a genuine one that's a bit of a mystery on that one because his name keeps cropping up. And I know, Jace, you're right what you're saying, that logical-wise, there's no sense in that. There's no sense to him at all. No, no. But those links don't go away. And again, you wonder why those links keep on coming. I mean, I know from what I was told in the summer, he was a player that Ange liked a lot. So whether it's Spurs that are pushing that, but I mean, I'll be honest, as we've said on numerous times on the show, Tottenham and Chelsea lasted business for Neil Sullivan. I want to say over 10, 15 years ago and Carlo Cudicini was a free. So I don't think massively anything's going to change there. And if Chelsea, Pochettino have ambitions of catching Tottenham, why would you be selling arguably one of your most informed players to Tottenham? It makes no sense. It doesn't. Uh, Tim bringing you in January transfer window. Where do you send it for you? How important is it that Spurs, if they do business, it's done early, in your opinion, Tim. Absolutely critical. We get it done early. I, I'd have said that before, anyway. But um, it, I do agree with Jace. Uh, it is, it's just silly to throw away money because it's not the time to, to really do business. But we, we're, we're especially with the guys going off to the um, Tafcon and the other and Sonny going away. We just we've got to get a striker and a centre half in. We just have to. He, yeah, he doesn't fancy Dyer for many people will argue the right reasons. Um, so yeah, it's got to be like I mean we're talking like first week of January because look at the like you said the fixtures we got we got these other players coming back. If you're not going to do that, then what's the point? If you're bringing players in at the end of January and we got other players coming, well, hopefully coming back in time, it just seems um, it just seems silly to do it. But um, yeah, I, I don't. I, we've, we've done this like I said in the past. We bought these players in, and, and you're very hopeful, and it just, it just goes nowhere. So I hope we don't waste money, and in, in worst case, we get a few decent loans in. Um, just to see us through. I mean, it's, it's obviously easier to do loan deals than it is to, to buy or without getting outpriced um, in, in January. But um, yes, yeah, for, for me, a centre-half and a striker because, yeah, Son is going away. Richarlison, I, I, don't, I think he's okay, isn't he, for tomorrow. He did pick up a bit of a knock. 
yeah. um, with his back, with his back, wasn't it? So again, we again for, a bit like what I said about Ben Davis being in form. I mean, Richie's come good with the with the goal just when we need him, right? So uh, to lose him now will be will be really really bad. So um, yes, again, I, I can't imagine we'll get three, but if we can get centre half and a backup striker, then great. Rick, who's that? Who's that last guy you said we were linked with? What was his name? Just about Mazumbo over at Ajax. Yeah, we're not making a song about that one. That's not going to happen. Why well, is asking him? That's a tricky one, isn't it? I can't see that working, yeah. to be honest. Jesus. That's going to really test the brains of Spurs soldiers <laughs> there. Can you get that into a song? And can you keep that lengthy-wise in terms of a minute and a half and keep over, it down? Over to the listeners. To come up with yeah, ideas. exactly, exactly. I mean, his name will be the song <laughs> itself, wouldn't it? Even with January as well, if, if you think about it, the other thing, if, if you're bidding... Forty million pound for a bloke from I don't know doesn't matter who whoever it be, and the club thinks all right we can do that deal the the selling club the selling club think well we can do that deal at the end of January we might as well keep him for three games ourselves until the end of January. So what you're going to do you're going to have to pay sixty million for a forty million player in two weeks time, and then you're just wasting your budget, aren't you? So yeah, you know, even the point. timing we we might want to do it early, yeah. But it's it's not as simple as just Tottenham turning up like supermarket sweep on the first of January and say, look, here's, here's your money, give us your player, and, and it's all done and hands are shaking. It's you know, deals like that don't just it's not done like that. No, as much as we want it to the same club holds all the cards, don't they, in these situations? Yeah, they, they know our injury crisis as well, so they're gonna add like five to a million. Aren't they? Yeah. Well, listen, Daniel Levy's doing the transfer, it's an extra 10% anyway, as we know. So it's going to be a tricky, tricky time, that's for sure. Just one thing I do want to bring up today is that Dane Scollett has been recalled from his own at Ipswich. There'll be that sigh as well on the back of that, because that may feel that for Spurs fans, really impact signing a striker. I've still got to get my words out here on the back of that. You know, that's how disappointed I am. Maybe no Yotta. No, Yotta. I don't think Jason's that disappointed on it, but um, Dan Scarlett to come back. No disrespect to him. Look, made 12 sub-appearances in the Championship. Just wasn't really getting game time there. So there's no point a player being there if he's not going to get the game time. So, and Andrew was asked the question with Dan Scarlett back, if another attacker is signed, could Alejo Valiz go out on loan? He said, look, there are a lot of moving parts you're talking about there, mate. Good to get Dane back. And obviously, the loan didn't work out from it, Ipswich, which is disappointing. disappointing for us because the reason we set him out was to get game time, rhythm and development. It hasn't worked out that way. He will stay with us now until the end of the season and he will train. And what opportunities may or may not come along, we will address those in the future. So it does feel that Tottenham will have Dane there to call upon, which may, for some there, rule out the possibility of Spurs looking to go into the forward market. Now, what we are going to do, we are going to go for our final break of the show, for our listeners on audio. Taking that break, you're going to hear from a Brighton podcaster who's very kind of given us some time ahead of Brighton to come tomorrow. There's not a soul out there No one to hear my prayer Give me, give me, give me a ginger from Sweden He came from Juventus and he plays on the wing Give me, give me, give me a ginger from Sweden Number 21, his name is Kulisevsky Give me, give me, give me a ginger from Sweden He came from Juventus and he plays on the wing Gimme, gimme, gimme ginger from Sweden Number 21, his name is Kulisewski Ben Davies 
to me are everything A Welshman wearing 33 Ben Davies Ben Davies You came to Tottenham from Swansea You were born to play in our back three Ben Davies Ben Davies Ben Hey, Ricky and the team. Hope you're good. This is Adam from Seagull Central uh, giving you a little preview from the, from an Albion perspective uh, for the game. I'm really, really looking forward to this. I feel like Tottenham and Brighton always kind of put on good games. You think back to that one uh, at your place last season, it wasn't short of controversy and drama. So let's hope, uh, well, at least from a Brighton perspective, for a better outcome this time. Um, Brighton go into this game kind of in a in an interesting patch. They're you know they've they've actually had the longest break over Christmas over all the clubs. They didn't play. Uh, they last played last Thursday against Crystal Palace, obviously our big rivals. Um, so they've had essentially a whole week over the Christmas period to kind of recover and prepare for this game. And they go into this game in kind of decent nick, um, but they're in the middle of an injury crisis and also having not won loads in the league over the last couple of months and been on a bit of a kind of iffy run. That's kind of been covered up a little bit and fans won't mind at all by the uh, the Europa League form. You know, we did so fantastically in the Europa League over the last couple of months since starting in September and a loss to Athens in our first game. We kind of all thought it might be a little bit hairy, but we have did so well to top the group, going away to Ajax, beating them in their own backyard. An amazing trip for Brighton fans over to Amsterdam, getting them back to the Amex, beating them again. And then João Pedro scoring in the last minute for Marseille for us to top the group and... Uh, you know, that's been a real, real high of our season. I think lots of Brighton fans have kind of let a little bit of kind of bit of a drop off from last season, I'd say. Kind of, I think they've let that slide a little bit in the Premier League. Uh, Brighton go into this game with so many injuries. And I, mean, I feel like most clubs kind of have that at the moment. I know Spurs are without a few players as well. Basuma is going to be suspended, Madison, etc. But Brighton are the same. No Webster, no Ansu Fati, who made a great start to the season. No Joel Veltman, who's been monstrous us, uh, for us at the back. Um, no Solly March, long-term injury. No Lamptey, long-term injury. Julio and Ciso, bright young spark uh, with an injury as well. We're boosted by the return of Purvis Estupinian at left-back. He's going to be on the bench uh, for the game against Tottenham, but he won't be starting, he won't be playing much of a kind of impact in that game. And as we found out on Wednesday, uh, Karu Matoma is going to be out for four to six weeks for Brighton, which is a you know a huge blow considering the impact he's had. In recent weeks, he has struggled a little bit. Deserby likes to play him in pretty much every game. Um, you know, Deserby in the way he plays loves attackers and wingers particularly who can stand up defenders and take them on. And as you you guys will all know, he's so good at doing that. Um, but in the last kind of month or two, I think just from playing so many games and probably playing through an injury as well, he had looked a little bit off it. Um, we think back to that Palace game a week ago for Brighton and he just kind of didn't look his usual self. He wasn't as prepared to kind of take players on. Um, and it, it turns out he's kind of been carrying an injury and it's kind of knocked him out for a while now. So Brighton do go into this game with quite a few injuries. Um, they're going to be probably playing a midfield two of Gilmore and Gross. You'd imagine Billy Gilmore been really good for Brighton recently since Caicedo and McAllister left. He stepped up to that plate so well um, and looking like an absolute steal from Chelsea at £9 million. Pascal Gross getting an assist the other night. And, you know, our highest goal scorer in the Premier League and assist maker too. Those two have been really important in our midfield and I expect them both two to start as well. We've been uh, having a bit of a toing and froing around the goalkeeper as well. Jason still Bart Verbruggen. You can't really call who's going to play. Deserby does like to mix it up. Different horses for different courses. And, you know, Verbruggen did make an error at Crystal Palace on Thursday night. But um, I think among the Brighton fans, at least, he's the goalkeeper that I think Brighton fans kind of want to see the most of. So in the forward forward lines with Matoma out, it's looking like we're going to have Simon Odingra probably at left wing and then one of Buonanotte at right wing or João Pedro at right wing. Um, if he does put João Pedro at right wing, you can expect to, be Evan, expect to see Evan Ferguson up top. Um, but it really could be kind of a number of combinations of Pedro at a nine, Pedro at wide, Pedro in a ten. You really don't know. Um, but yeah, another bright spot for Brighton has been Jack Hinshelwood playing at right back. He's a central midfielder, 18 years old. He plays for England under-21s, actually alongside Joe Bellingham. Uh, they're like the, they're the mid, centre midfield for England under-21s or maybe under-20s. And they've looked like a real solid partnership. And he looks like an excellent, excellent centre mid. He's been playing for Brighton at right back. 
got his first goal for Brighton against Brentford in the win at the start of uh, this month. And he looks so good at getting forward, bursting into the box. So you could expect that on Thursday night as well. One thing I'd say is Brighton always tend to do a little bit better against teams who kind of come onto them a little bit. Teams who want to play through them. Brighton will let teams come onto them, let them play and then kind of cut them open like a knife through butter. I think Brighton's problem tends to be when teams sit back in a low block and make it difficult for them. Maybe a bit like you would have done previously under Conte. I wonder whether if Spurs come on to Brighton and want to play expansive football, that kind of plays into the hands of Deserby Ball. So it's going to be a really interesting test with both teams without players, under the lights, in the Premier League, and a lot to play for. So really looking forward to it. And thank you so much for having me, uh, me on your podcast, guys, up the Albion. Jace, let's start with you. Brighton. Now, look, this offers a great opportunity for Spurs to keep on building. And I think it's fair to say that Brighton are nowhere near their best. They've got also up to nine players out. That includes Karo Matoma, who, to be fair, look, is one of the most dangerous players. Julio Nsinko, Azu Fati, Joe Veltman, Purvis Estebanian, Adam Webster, Tariq Lamsey, and Solly March, all unavailable. Jace, are we facing Brighton? at the right time, dare I say, given our own injury crisis at the moment. Yeah, and they're not in great form themselves, are they? I think they've only won, what, two of their last 12 or something like that, Brighton. Um, and again, they're a side that, that I expected to struggle because you just think the demands of Europe, particularly for Brighton, who are having to take it seriously, it's the first ever time in Europe. And they played what? They played Marseille and Ajax in their group, did they have? I mean, they're, they're big names in Europe. So they're the types of games that, you know, if Tottenham are in the Europa League, we tend to rotate in it to get through the group and just settle with it, like Liverpool have done. But if you're Brighton and you're playing Marseille and Ajax, you know, the, the, suddenly the game at the weekend is the one that's just not, just seems normal to them, doesn't it? It's, it's not exciting to be playing Aston Villa or, or Tottenham or something when you could be playing Ajax or Marseille as a Brighton fan. So I think that, that has affected them. Uh, the, the lack of preparation time you get for games, the travelling through it just the general lack of training sessions and things that happen with it. So um, it probably is a good time to play with Brighton. And actually our record down there is, I know we had that horrific game where um, where Hugo broke his wrist after about two minutes and that was straight on top of that Bayern game. And I think we got beat, what, 3-0, 4-0, something like that. But that apart, we've actually done pretty well at, at Brighton. I think we won there last year, didn't we? From Kane or something, the year before, Romero and Kane. Yep. Um, we've, we've genuinely picked up results at Brighton by, you know, maybe, maybe we've never played particularly well and it's it's always been by the odd goal. But, yeah, I do feel it's a, a good time to be going there. I think we're going with, with pretty confidence on the back of straight wins. Jace, let's get a prediction from you for Brighton. What are you going to go for? Uh, I'll go 2-1 Tottenham. Amazing. Jake, thank you so much, mate. Love to have you back on. And I say thank you so much to all those lovely messages that Jace has received today. Like I say, he's been a massive, massive part of the show for six, seven years. And I'm sure, like I say, Jace was overwhelmed with that amount of love, I'm sure, at the time and of... Um, one more thanks, Rick. I must give us also to my good mate, Z-Man, who's, uh, who always sorts me out with that ticket. And um, it's, it's fantastic how he does that all the time. So uh, big thanks to Z-Man as well. And looking forward to seeing you in the new year, mate. Bless you. Likewise, mate. Absolutely. Tim, let's come around to you. Big, big game for Tottenham, of course, Brighton to come tomorrow. Tim, at the moment, like I say, it's an injury hit Brighton's side. Um, for them, they were out winning their last three as they prepare to host Spurs. A late Danny Welbeck equaliser helped Brighton avoid a, dis- a disappointing result against Crystal Palace. They're certainly not in any real fine form. Give me your thoughts, Tim, on how you see it paying out and give me your prediction for you. I can't say it's not conceding, uh, especially the way the way we try to try to, try to to go about the game, games now. I uh, just hope we have a fast start. Like you said, I, just, I checked out their form today. They're, they're in. They're all over the shop, aren't they? So, um, yeah, I think we are playing at the right time. As it was released today, wasn't it? He's not playing. He's he's so dangerous. I like him a lot. So, um, go up front. So, uh, yeah, two, two one for us. Maybe maybe three. Maybe maybe three one. I mean, I'll push out the push the boat out. Maybe three one. But um, if we can get a win, that's, it's massive. It's massive. Absolutely. The more these these games we just get through and. I know we are getting through them to some extent now. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, just a, it's a huge one for us. I like to say, play, playing, the, playing them at the right time for me. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we can't really afford any more injuries as things stand. <laughs> um, Tim, just to give you an opportunity, um, where can everybody, of course, I'm sure you're going to encourage the fact getting new songs in on the back of what's going to hopefully be a really, really big 
January for Tottenham. American fans do that. At, at Tim underscore Winston on, on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it, or, or YouTube and uh, or at Spurs Song Sheet. So keep the songs running. We have got a, uh, a Vicario song that I've written with another guy to uh, to come a come a chameleon, which is quite, I quite like it. So uh, yeah, just keep them coming. Again, all the Christmas songs are all sort of like a, a, a compilation of people writing in ideas and a sort of tweaking them stuff. So um, keep them coming. We'll keep the positivity going and hopefully the yeah. team can keep the results coming. I mean, just a word to me on that Vicario song, better get it bloody out fast before the bloke does an injury. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. what's the point of yeah. the way things are going? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, Hugo will be back as captain. Oh, my God, he'll be back for the FA Cup time. Will he? I reckon oh, we've got to get one of the ambulance themes into this, like the Ninar theme. That's got to be coming to one of these songs at some point. Uh, oh, yeah. honestly, I tell you. I can't make it up. Tim, always a pleasure, mate. Thank you so much for joining us. Chris, we're going to close it with you. Look, you've been saying so much on this show for you that ultimately Spurs have to take their chances. Brighton will present another game where you feel Spurs half facing Brighton at the right time. How do you see things playing out at the MX for you? To be fair, it is probably the best time to actually play them. It's injury FC versus injury FC tomorrow. So it's good. It should be good. You know what? Richarlison, I feel like we should actually mention him. I think he's been great. Uh, so I'm hoping to see more of him tomorrow. Again, let's let's do get some more goals for Richie. It's the confidence. All about the confidence. As soon as he got those goals, goes up and up and up. So it's exactly what I want to see. For tomorrow's game, I you guys both said 2-1. I'm going to go for 3-1 just to make it a little bit more interesting for Tottenham tomorrow. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping for some hoping to get 3 points definitely. Richarlison. The big thing I noticed with him Saturday was before those goals, when that when that chance came his way, you'd have seen the full back lift and, a, and him try and smash it, absolutely smash it in. Whereas he just had that bit of composure to let the ball come all the way and just open his foot and let let his let the ball almost come off his foot rather than swinging at it. And that that was yeah. the big difference with Richarlison on Saturday to two or three weeks ago. Without a doubt, he would have smashed it, leaning backwards, would have gone over the crossbar. Yeah, it's a really good point. I think again with Richie, you'd hope now he's full of confidence. Obviously, scoring his last three. There's no better time for that to continue. And I think, again, maybe the fact that the January winner being open, that'll hopefully motivate him even more, the fact that he wants to keep proving he's good enough for Tottenham. And ultimately, I think, again, I think 15 is the most he's got in a season. Can he match that? I think, again, if you're getting 15 from Sonny, 15 from Kuliseski, 15 from Richie, there is a really big input of goals there. And again, you spring it up with Madison as well, Benton Core. You know, that's where you kind of need goals in and around the pitch. And that's what's going to be really vital for Tottenham, of course, going in to that second part of the season there. The stat on the screen there says that if you compare the 11 with the 11, there is not a question. Spurs have the far superior 11 to Brighton's. The only reason Spurs will lose is if they play bland football like what happened against Wolves. And it makes a good point there. I think if Tottenham don't change their approach, don't change their stance, I think Spurs have got still on the pitch a good enough 11 to put out, which should be enough to beat Brighton, given their injury concerns. So look, we keep our fingers crossed. We're back with you as always for instant reaction from, I say, the Amex as well. Fingers crossed it'll be less croaky than today. I want to say a massive thank you to this panel. Chris, thank you so much. We wish you well in your battle against, uh, I say, <laughs> flu-like symptoms. God, it's all happening at the moment. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I hope everyone else, if there's any viewers that are suffering with a horrible cold or flu, whatever as well, you'll carrying on but yeah thanks <laughs> um but yeah well, i hopefully i hope to see good football tomorrow hopefully that will yeah. boost me up give me some good health thank you so much for riding the wave jace thank you so much mate really great pleasure to have you back on no problem mate i'll put some in the post for you <laughs> thank you God, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> ten, ten, 20 packs should be absolutely fine if you don't mind I reckon thank that's what the two, this is like the COVID special show. We haven't got enough, we haven't got enough fit guests for this one. Tim, thank you so much, mate. Absolute pleasure having you back on. Hearing and singing us out is the wonderful Tim Winston over at Spurs Song Sheet. But from myself, from Jace, from Tim, guys, you're in a lovely Christmas. We're going to be with you before New Year's. We're all going to see you guys. Keep safe, keep well. Singing us out, playing us out is the wonderful Timmy Winston over at Spurs Song Sheets. As always, coming you, mighty Spurs. He's with me, he's sunny, part of our family. In your head, in your head, sun is flying. Leading us with his pace and that smile on his face. At the lane, at the lane, we're all crying. He's in my head, in my head, sunny, sunny, sunny. Yeah.
ourselves in times of trouble Father Ange is there for me Ben Tanker Johnson, let it be And in our hour of darkness He'll be running down the wing for me Johnson through to Sonny, let it be Let it be, let it be Best fans are living in the world of green Big Ange has the answers you will see Although last me can matters There is still a chance of top 4C We've got Vic and Johnson and Kulisevsky Let it be, let it be Let it be, let it be, let it be, yeah, let it be Cause we've got back our tongue, don't you worry Sports Social Podcast Network